Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Opening Line. We hope you're excited. We are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at Believe.com. Let's get ready for the show. What's up, what's up everybody? This is the opening live with your host Wits and Roz. We're bringing on our good buddy today, Jared Rubin, because you know the British Open is right around the corner. You're probably going to be hearing this right before they tee off, which is bright and early in, in English time, or they're not even in England, right? Rube, tell me where they're at. No, we're across the pond in Ireland this week. First time in a while, actually, that the the Open's been held outside of basically uh, England or Scotland, pretty much. So you want a you so, want a fun pretty fact? Exciting. I I am the yeah, most Irish that. guy on this show. I I would say I'm nearly fifty percent. My mother, Kathleen, a very nice woman. Um, she is she's very Irish. I've got the Irish how you, complexion. How do you think so? What? How do you think your mother's a nice woman? I, 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 my mother, I think you would agree. I think both of you guys would agree, actually. I just, it's something that usually doesn't have to be said. I mean, she's the nicest woman around. You don't even have to mention it. Anyways, I'm Irish. We're going to get into the British Open because it's going to be my lucky, my lucky picks, you know, because I think I'm going to win this one, win the last major of the year in Chad's pool, blah, 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 take home the money. And uh, you guys who are way at the bottom, you guys can give your picks, help the fans out a little bit, but I know my picks are going to be the most valuable. But before we get there, we are 50 days, 50 days away, gentlemen, until the NFL season starts, and we're going to break that down right now, running backs. We did quarterbacks last week. Rube, I got to tell you, this is like the perfect episode for you because you drafted arguably the two best running backs last year, and you were the fantasy football champion in our league. I guess this is our toast to you, but you had Christian McCaffrey and Todd Gurley. I'm very interested to see where we go with Todd Gurley here, but Rube, here's a little golf clap for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, and I think it's only right if I can. Uh, I get to start off this rankings here as I'm coming off probably the best fantasy football season of my life, and I don't think it'll be ever any better than that. But we're gonna give it a shot. So. Can we give a little can... shout out to second place? I mean, come on. No. Yeah, there was a very distant second. So. Yeah. What are, What are you talking about? Well, you know, second place, two leagues. I'm still hurt, so I'm coming for blood this year. I mean, does second place does second place even count? Like nobody remembers second place, you know. Coming from the guy who doesn't even make the playoffs. That's, hey, it's hey like, me and the Packers, we we wanted to give the opportunity to people two years in a row. So I didn't go to the playoffs. They didn't go to the playoffs. Rube, start us off. Obviously, we're looking at Yahoo rankings because that is the website we use. Rube, when it comes to running backs, Ezekiel Elliott right now is number one on Yahoo. Take us through that top five and who you think deserves to be up there. And let's start picking, because I know that if we have the top mm-hmm. five picks, it's, you're going to be a running back. So I want to hear your initial takes when looking at this year's running back rankings. 
All right, should we just do a quick two-round mock draft here? I, I think so. All so running backs? We could. Okay. I'm in on All right, that. well, as a former champion, I'll pick first. Um, we'll make that an uh, executive decision there. And I am going to take number two on the board, actually, Saquon Barkley first. Wow. It's kind of a toss-up for me between Elliott and Barkley, but I just kind of like how Barkley played a little bit more last year, a little bit more of a threat as a pass catcher out of the backfield, which is a little just puts it over the edge a little bit for me. So with the first pick, I'm going to go with Barkley. Okay. Yeah. So I'll take the second pick. Wow. We're just. Um, I mean, is this not my show? <laughs> uh, dude, apparently, I mean, I'm getting I'm getting lower on the totem pole each week, and I'm lucky if I can get a word in before the first ten minutes of the show hit. So this is a news flash towards next week. Wits will be leading the interview. He's been put in a corner the past two interviews, and he's taking over again next week. But let's get back to fantasy football. Number two pick, I am going to take. Guy who was a little bit farther down the board. I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's number four on Yahoo right now. I mean, I have no problem with Zeke being number one, but I think we saw last year that a, con- a little bit of a contract dispute could end up being disastrous if you took a person named Le'Veon Bell last year. So I do like McCaffrey a little bit better, though. I think he just gets so much usage out of the backfield. I love him, he's durable. And I think he's going to have another huge year, so I, I like him on the squad. Well, with the third pick in this 10-team draft, which is only run by three coaches right now, I'm going to go Elliott. Here's, I understand the contract dispute. It's completely different than that of Melvin Gordon's and Le'Veon Bell's last year. He's still got two years on his deal. He just wants to begin the discussion. He's not going to miss training camp at all. And in fact, he's going to be the absolute runaway number one running back this year. Put it down in the books right now. You guys just passed up on what was Todd Gurley last year and the year before. Ezekiel Elliott's going to rush for over 1,600 yards. He's going to have 13 to 15 touchdowns. And the guy catches the ball. Don't forget, he's kind of like a Christian McCaffrey to a lesser degree. I know they have Amari Cooper there now, but Dak Prescott checks the ball down to Ezekiel Elliott more than any other running back other than Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. Ezekiel Elliott, easy pick. If he falls to you with the three and you're listening to this show, you guys just picked up gold. You found the leprechaun at the end of the rainbow, Ezekiel Elliott at three, but Rube, say you have the fourth pick and those three guys are off the board. Who do you have now with your next pick? The fourth pick? Well, I like how this draft format works and I get to pick first at the beginning of each round. It's not a three-team league. We're pretending as if this is a 10-team league and we're just filling the slots of the draft just to see where these running backs would go. We're playing in an only running back league, so fill it up. Obviously, most of these picks are going to be the way they go anyways to start the draft. So maybe let's just keep this to right, one right. round. Okay. So give us your pick. Well, with my, with my next pick, I think it gets a little bit harder after those first three, but I'd have to go with Alvin Kamara. Just the consistency that he's shown over the last two, three seasons and just ability, again, to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think it's a pretty safe pick, especially with that high-powered New Orleans offense. I don't think it's slowing down. No Mark Ingram anymore. Anytime before Drew Brees retires and no Mark Ingram. No Mike Tolbert. Opens up a few more carries for him. Dude, but what about Lucas Murray? Yeah. I, you know what, honestly, I, I think they made the move to get Kamara the ball more. Without signing back Ingram, that was the two-headed snake. And I think it's primarily going to be Kamara's ball. So I actually I like this pick a lot. He, he is 
for me, a top three pick if I'm in the top three. Yeah, so number five, I know we, we just brought up the contracts and whatnot, but Melvin Gordon has been on my team, I think, three out of the last four years, and he's a guy who really never lets you down. I mean, he does miss a couple games each year. He's, I think he's played an average of about 14 games in his four years in the league, but he's an absolute workhorse. Look at, you know, running, catching the ball out of the backfield. You know, this guy, I think, is a, is a top five. I'd put him top five receiving back in the NFL as well. And he's just paired up so great with Phillip Rivers over the past four years. And this Chargers offense is, is always seems to be firing on all cylinders. So Melvin Gordon is a guy who I think will be on the field. I don't see him holding out, but, you know, a lot of people didn't say that about Le'Veon Bell last year. Um, and it did happen, but if I have the five and Melvin Gordon's there, I, I'm absolutely taken. It just sounds like your head's in a hole. I mean, the guy said he's not coming to camp unless he has a deal. And he's going to demand a trade. He's he's the Le'Veon Bellow this year. I guarantee you he doesn't play the first 10 weeks of the season. We'll see. All right, we'll look, see. that's a You're sexy not fight. even going to make the playoffs. So All right, we'll see. Six, I'm skipping David Johnson, who's five on this. I'm skipping Le'Veon Bell. We haven't seen him in over a year, who's at seven. Skipping Chubbs, skipping Mixon. I'm going with my boy James Conner, who I traded away last year for David Johnson, one of the worst fantasy football trades I've ever made. To be fair, hindsight makes that 2020. In the foresight, had no idea that James Conner was going to play all 16 games. But James Conner, six to me, it's perfect. Juju fills right in at that Antonio Brown slot. This offense doesn't miss a beat. I think they're going to be totally fine. James Conner, you can see he's a workhorse. They're going to get in the ball all the time through the air on the ground. This guy, new Le'Veon Bell, is going to put up awesome numbers. Love him in the top five range if I'm picking running back. So, Brew, back to you at seven as we're on the, on the last stead of this, uh, of this fantasy first round. The three three round draft. All right, <laughs> with number seven pick, I gotta make sure I don't pick someone who's taken. But I'll I am going. I got go a great memory. A little bit. If if I could get this guy in the third round, which won't happen, I'd be a very happy man. So I'm gonna go with probably one of the two guys that won me my fantasy championship last year, which is Todd Gurley. I know there are injury concerns here. And it is kind of a risky pick to take with the kind of the way he fell off in the last few weeks of the year. But I'd be willing to gamble if he is the seventh best running back, I'd be willing to gamble on the fact that he stays healthy because if he does, he's probably still the best running back in the league with that um, Rams offense that scores over 30 points a game. Um, so I'm willing to take that chance on Gurley as the seventh available running back. Can we talk about Gurley? Why is he 15th? And the running back rankings for Yahoo. I mean, I'm I'm lost for words. I understand the injury issues that have surrounded him since his days at Georgia. But this guy, look at his stats alone last year. Like, don't don't pay mind the playoffs because honestly, that doesn't matter for fantasy. But like, to but it early, the fact that he was hurt and it seemed like he's a lot more hurt than people are leading on. That's that why was last season you're telling there isn't even been news about him being hurt this off season. So like, what's going on? There's got to be something else. Either I do, CJ Anderson's going to be where the dual threat from a little bit. Like I get it a little bit, just but 15. It's ridiculous. You can't tell me that there's 14. Marlon Mack, Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs, Dalvin Cook, who was on my team, is ahead of him. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Damian Williams, if I'm drafting, I am taking him. At the next pick, I think this is a guy who was absolutely on the rise. And if I can get a pick in a late first round, 
Um, there's not a receiver I like. Damian Williams is a guy I might make a play for. Kansas City's offense, I mean, you saw what Patrick Mahomes did last year. You know, his first full year playing in the league, won the MVP. Damian Williams is going to have so many opportunities this year. Um, I think it's going to be unbelievable. And there's a guy who doesn't really have a big name. He's been in the league for a few years, played with the Dolphins for a little bit. Um, this is a guy who I think is going to finish inside, I'll say inside the top six running backs wise. So I, I would take him. I think he is a first round pick. Um, and I think, I think he's going to be a player who's going to be a key piece on a lot of championship teams. We haven't mentioned him. And let's say I'm sitting here with the ninth pick in the first round and he's here. I think I'm going to have to take a flyer on Le'Veon Bell. Talent alone, I was re- I was watching something this morning. I'm not reading. Who reads these days? But um, I was watching something this morning talking about the Jets as a whole. Not a whole lot of talent, a worse offensive line than that of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Le'Veon Bell, if he is the true talent that we've seen in Steeler, yellow, and black, then he's going to be able to contribute to a certain degree. And actually, I'm going to pose this question to both of you right now. Is Le'Veon Bell this year going to be over a 1,000-yard rusher, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Easy. I mean, that came that came quick off the tongue for you guys. You guys are talking about the New York Jets, a team offensively that has not found itself and has Sam Darnold. But even with those risks, talent alone, I think Bell, if I got him at the ninth pick in the first round, I'm not arguing. I'm not complaining. Plus, we're in a 10-team league, so it's going to swing around. I can pick who I want on the, on the go-round. That's kind of our first-round outlook of running backs. And there's a couple of running backs we left off. Nick Chubb's at eight. For me, I know which you're a big Nick Chubb's guy, and I'll let you get into this right now. But Kareem Hunt comes back in eight games. Kareem Hunt is an absolute stud. I think that hurts both of them when he comes back. So Nick Chubb's being a potential first-round pick, not so much for me. And I'm happy if you can argue the other way. No, I'm not going to argue the other way. Um, and first of all, you know, we didn't look at really any receivers. So there is a couple receivers who I think will get taken in the first round. Right, you know, which like we'll Andrew. do next week, by the way. Right, so Devontae Adams, a couple guys like that. But for me, Nick Chubb, um, he was fantastic last year. But I think people are going to buy a little too high on him this year. I think he'll be solid. But like you mentioned, second half of the season, Kareem Hutton's coming back. And Kareem Hunt, when he's on the field, is, is a pretty dynamic player. So I think he's definitely going to eat into some of the touches. Um, you look at a guy like Duke Johnson, who is still on the roster over there in Cleveland. So, I mean, Nick Chubb, I think, is very solid. But, you know, like you said, Roz, if I'm picking between Nick Chubb and Le'Veon Bell, I think the upside for Le'Veon Bell is, is just that much more. So Nick Chubb is a guy who I'm not really looking to take in the first round. If he's there, maybe late second, early third, I could definitely think about it. But um, I'm not that high on Nick Chubb this year. I mean, well, I did pick him up last year, so I was I was riding him all the way to the playoffs. You did. I, that's why I give you credit for the Nick Chubb thing. And now I'm coming to Rube on this one. We didn't talk about David Johnson, who's sitting here at five on the Yahoo rankings. And we didn't talk about Joe Mixon at nine. Quick takes before I let you rip into him. Joe Mixon, for me, is playing on an awful Bengals team. Not really looking into it. Their first-round draft pick isn't even going to play from this year, and he was there to bolster the line. Joe Mixon... A lot of talent there, but at the end of the day, this team's going to be trailing a lot, and the ball is going to be out of his hand. Dave Johnson just screwed me. I have nothing more to say about that. The line needs to get better there, and Kyler Murray needs to show he's a capable quarterback before I even take a flyer out on David Johnson. I just think that's too hard of a pick to make after last year's performance and just how bad that team is. So, Rube, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, do you have any higher lights for them or no? 
Um, I'm not super high on either one of these guys, just because, like you were saying, pretty terrible teams that both of these teams are. If I had to pick between the two, I'd probably go David Johnson, just because I think that there's more likelihood that he gets basically all of the carries for that team. For Mixon, I'm not super sold on it. I mean, he did get the vast majority last year, but there are times where he'll have some kind of get banged up a little bit and they'll start to rotate carries a little bit, but not super high on either of those guys just because of how bad those teams potentially could be this year. Right, and that concerns me when it comes to running backs. Just in terms of being on bad teams, you're down. You I, I I have to give you guys some brushback here because if you're looking Good. at the top, the top running back on a lot of our boards. Saquon Barkley played on a team that was 5-11 and 11 last year. I was Jets. about to rip root for that when he said that. So, I mean... Yeah, but back- Saquon Barkley's a little different than David Johnson. Saquon Barkley might be the best talent the best talent out of the draft at this position in I don't even know how many years. So uh, that's a little bit of a, Rube, that's a little how, different. How quickly you forget how in love the fantasy world was with David Johnson just two years ago before he broke his wrist and well, had an awful 2017. So we'll see. But I think David Johnson yeah. is a guy, I think it's always about finding the value in, you know, that I think third through sixth round, maybe late second, because with the top five picks, you know, you, I think you can really only lose the league. If you pick a guy like Le'Veon Bell last year, I mean, that destroyed a lot of teams. Shout out, Matt Collada. Shout out, Matt Collada. Um, but if you can get, you know, a guy like, a guy in the top five and then take David Johnson on the middle, and the way back in the second round, um, I mean, you could be sitting there like a, like a Jared Rubens team last year, having two of the top running backs in the league. So I think David Johnson... If they figure out how to actually use him on that offense, which they just they did not know how to do last year, it was a lot of reasons, um, but did not use him correctly. He's a very talented player. And then speaking a little bit about Mixon, I think he's solid if he stays healthy. Should finish in the top 15, but that doesn't really excite me. David Johnson, on the other hand, he's an exciting player for me. Tell me you take, you take him in the first round, because you can't get him in the third round like you said. This guy's the ranked five. We play in a league where guys look at the rank. I mean, Dylan Wall is sitting at six. He's going to take David Johnson. Would you take David Johnson in the first round? I think it's the pure question that needs to be answered. I don't think I would take him above seven, but if he's there at eight, nine, or ten. Oh, my God, with Julio on the board? or like I'm just saying, I don't think David Johnson's the first-round pick. But that's a topic for a later day, especially when we get close to our draft. I just want to run through real quickly, 11 through 20, and then we're going to do our bus and our sleepers, and then we'll move on to golf. But we've got Delvin Cook at 11, who really bit the dust for me last year. Damian Williams at 12, we talked about. Marlon Mack at 13, another wits running back of last season. Derek Henry, a guy I cut week two, um, along with James White, so wits and uh, Rube were able to capitalize on my last year's free agency decisions. Todd Gurley at 15, Aaron Jones 16, Devonta Freeman 17, all alone, by the way, in Atlanta, Leonard Fournette 18, Josh Jacobs, who hasn't even reported a camp yet, 19, and Carrion Johnson in Detroit. I wanted one more thing before we go into the, the, this next 10. Here's Todd Gurley's stats. Todd Gurley, 1,251 yards, 17 rushing touchdowns, and I'm not even touching his reception totals. And he had 11-plus runs over 20 yards last year with zero fumbles you're telling me this guy is 15th on the rankings i mean he obviously is hurt <laughs> i mean that's that's the only way that i could 
you can justify it, but this isn't the NHL. Mom's not the word we hear when somebody's really injured, and the fact that it's going this untalked about is uh, one freaky, but also like partly I don't believe he's still hurt. I think people are hung up on the poor Super Bowl performance and the poor playoff run. I think, yeah, Todd Gurley. I mean, if you look at the ESPN rankings, they have him at seven, and then like Yahoo has him at fifteen. So it just kind of shows that people are a little bit questioning his injury, but I just think, like I said, the upside on him, if he plays 16 games, he's probably going to be a top three back in the league. And there's probably pretty easily too. So I think it's definitely worth a shot on him probably anywhere from six on, I would say. That works for me. Wits, because you called me out again. How about you do your two sleepers and two busts? That way, you can feel good about starting this segment off. <laughs> well, thanks, Roz. I, I appreciate your hospitality. Uh, one of my sleepers for this year, this is a guy who I've had my eye on ever since he got drafted, Tevin Coleman. Uh, never got really a full opportunity for you know a, a whole season in the backfield in Atlanta. I know there were points where Devonta Freeman was injured, but I'm excited to see Tevin Coleman pair up with Jimmy Garoppolo. Over there in San Francisco, I think they're going to be a very dynamic offense, and I'm hoping that Jimmy can stay healthy this year and not make another decision like he made uh, trying to get that extra yard out of bounds. That was really hard to watch, but I'm a big fan of Tevin Coleman this year. Another guy I'm looking at is Rashad Penny. I think a lot of people are down on this Seattle team right now, but I think the combo of him and Russell Wilson, I think this guy's going to rush for over 1,000 yards. And he should be there, I think, as late as round six or seven. So I think this is a guy, if you miss on a couple running backs early, he's definitely a second or third running back who could help out your squad. So those those are two guys I'm looking for, you know, in the mid to later rounds of the draft that I think could make a big impact on a lot of teams. You got your two busts you want to roll with? Two busts. Well, why don't we let a lot of other people talk oh, a little yeah. bit? Right. I guess we're staying positive. We'll wait. We'll, you know, yeah. We'll wait on the run bus. it. Yeah, no, Rube, give us your two sleepers before I before I lay into mine. All right, I got my two sleepers. First one, I'm going to stay at home here with the Chicago Bears and go with David Montgomery. I just kind of have a little bit of a thing for rookie running backs. It seems like they come out of school and they're, they got fresh legs, and he just seems like one of those guys. The Bears don't really have a goal line back, so he's going to get all the carries around the goal line. He... He's also shown in college he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So pairing him with Tariq Cohen, I think the Bears offense is going to score enough points this year, and especially around the goal line, getting those touches. I think he's definitely worth a shot as what I'm seeing here around the 30th ranked running back. And another guy who not as much of a sleeper, but he's just been so consistent the last two years is James White in New England. I don't think that offense welcome, is slowing down way. anytime soon. Yeah, he was kind of a gift that I got off the waiver wire last year that definitely helped that championship run as well. But I, I would definitely ride with him again. I think just having a pass catching back in New England. Honestly, I'm not really high on him as a player. It's just more of his role. You could put Xander in that role, and I would pick him um, in the draft. <laughs> um, but it's just such a it's such a system there in New England. Whoever kind of is that pass catching back at that time. Um, I definitely think it's worth a flyer, for sure. 
Yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm surprised you guys passed up on these two guys. And you might call me out and say they're not sleepers. But I'm looking at 24, Sony Michelle. I'm going to go the opposite of you, James White. And also 26, Philip Lindsay, who's going to be the number one back there in Denver. I think that's going to be an awesome pairing. Flacco, way more capable than the other quarterbacks that have been in Denver over the last three seasons. I like Philip Lindsay a lot. Again, if you, it's hard to find pure number ones. I'm sure there'll be guys that'll take break or will hop in for him when he needs a break. But Lindsay's going to be getting the ball. Had an awesome rookie season. Sony Michelle, to me, Wits, this is your guy, man. And I think in year two, they're going to keep giving him the ball. This Cordell Patterson experiment needs to end. He'll be healthy this year, Sony. I know they've got a lot of players in James White, Rex Burkhead, all these guys, but nobody runs the ball better than Sony on this team. I like Sony. Both these guys to me, both of these guys to me are like fourth or fifth round picks. And I think if you get them there, awesome value. That means you're gonna have a solid number two, if not just a utility player at that point on your team. Love both those guys. Um, Wits, kick him off. You last week I ran through the bus. I just put every quarterback on blast. So hopefully you don't do the same. And if you want to, let him have it. Running back bus from you, my friend. Yeah, I don't think I could be as mean and mean spirit as you, as you were last week. But I've got a couple guys who I think I'm going to stay away from. Um, and this guy's pretty far down the list. But I'm looking at Lamar Miller at number thirty. Uh, I think Lamar Miller's time being a feature back in the NFL is going to rapidly come to a close here. Um, this is a guy I think has really not exceeded expectations the past three or four years. I've had him on my team a couple times, and he always seems just can't put together a full fantasy season. And I think this year, um, I think he's going to cede a lot of touches to Deontay Foreman. And I just don't like Lamar Miller here. I think a lot of people like taking him as a second or third back. But I think he's going to... I think he's going to ruin a lot of seasons this year, so I would stay away from him. And another guy that I'm staying away from is Leonard Fournette, ranked number 18 right now. So he's a top 20 back, but as a part of the Jaguars, I think they're in for another rough season. I don't think this offense is going to fit Nick Foles very well, and I think Leonard Fournette's going to struggle as well. And we obviously know he has the injury history, so I'm staying away from Leonard Fournette. I think there's a lot more value down the board after 18. All right, I'm going to go up the board here a little bit higher. Um, one guy I'm going to talk about, Xander had already was actually very high on, but I think Damian Williams has really big bust potential this year. Um, the reason behind that really is I think he's a very replaceable player. I think he is up that high because of the team that he plays on, not necessarily his talent. So I don't think it takes much for them to go, if he has a little injury, or if he isn't performing that well early in the season, I could see them easily pulling the trigger and giving the second back there more touches. So I think just because of that potential, um, a guy who kind of just came on the scene because Kareem Hunt went out and then, um, what was his name, Spencer Ware, I think, got hurt last year, which opened up some time for Williams. Um, And he performed kind of the same as those guys did, obviously well because Mahomes is throwing the ball over the yard and they're scoring 40 points a game. Um, so I just think I would steer away from him that high in the draft. And a similar guy like that, kind of same logic would be Aaron Jones. I think wow. two weeks in again, a row up with you guys. Kind of, I think he's up there too high just because of the potential of the offense he plays on. I think they could throw someone else in there and they'd get the exact same production from him. Like Jamal. So, like if, 
like anyone. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. Um, that's why running backs are very replaceable, especially on these really good teams like that. So those are kind of two guys that just because I think they're overrated just because of the systems that they play in and they could be easily replaced, which is something that I would want to stay clear of if I could. Ouch. I'm just honestly hurt that my two friends that I've known for so long that I bring onto this podcast, which I'm waiting Whoa, for the comment. I know. You, see, this is <laughs> where are you, it stops. Are you a big Aaron, you a big Aaron Jones fan? Cause you ran for one season and he did okay. Last year. He, had a, he had a great year last year. It looked fantastic. Had a run over 60 yards. We haven't seen that in green Bay for a long time. Mon green, maybe the last guy to do so. Maybe a Sam Congato. He had a good run one time. Um, Hey, Roz, Roz, just want to say thanks for bringing me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, good. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. This is your show. Yeah, you, you've just honestly been a guest each week. I don't, I don't even know if we're co-hosting. Basically. I mean, I'm, but, uh, just, I'm just getting forced out. You know, you start you start the business, and 50 years later, the board tells you to go home. That's what's happening here. I don't like you it. You get paid by the board. That's usually what you need to come with it. But anyways, my busts. Easy peasy, Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders. Everybody on that Raiders team is going to be a massive bust. It starts with the $100 million man himself, John Gruden, all the way down to his players. Don't draft any of them. They're going to be a losing team. And Josh Jacobs, who's not even reporting for camp as a rookie, is going to be behind and will not be a guy you want to draft. He's sitting there at 19. The other guy I'm looking at, Devonta Freeman, Finally opens it up for him a little bit with no Tevin Coleman anymore. But again, I think this team throws the ball too much. Isn't that great of a team? So they're going to be trailing here and there. I think they're going to stay focused on the air. We're going to talk about Julio Jones next week, who I love this year. Finally being able to find the end zone at the end of last season. But Devonta Freeman to me, another one of those busts, a guy truly I would stay away from. I know it's going to be his backfield now, but he hasn't really impressed. And injury problems have constantly plagued his career so no Freeman for me. So let's get into the British Open. Let's talk some golf. That was uh, talking running backs. Let's, uh, Rube, open us up. Just give us where this tournament is and who you like so far. Yeah, this tournament's up in Northern Ireland. So it's a little bit of a different setting than they have played in the past. But of course, it'll look very similar, but it's not one of those traditional Carnoustie's or St. Andrews that they that people come accustomed to playing the Open Championship at, but nonetheless, it's going to set up the same. There's going to be all that fescue. The course is going to be, it'll play difficult. It'll be firm and fast, and it's going to be cold and windy and rainy, and that's exactly what you want to have at the Open Championship. Um, having the sun out at the Open Championship does it doesn't make it feel right. So, kind of want to see all the guys walking around in their rain gear and the umbrellas and kind of the flags blowing all over the place. And I think we're going to get exactly that, hopefully. And yeah, so it but sounds, like a, sounds just, like a perfect tournament for Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson, Fleetwood, and Ricky Fowler. That's what I just heard you say. That's, oh, yeah. Wow, did you just blow through um, your picks well, like it was your job? <laughs> yeah, I picked them. I just took the top four rated guys, and I was very happy to see Ricky Fowler on there because this could be it for Ricky. Yeah, I don't know how many times we can say that. Until it actually happens, I think we, we got to stop talking say, about it until he actually wins. Uh, we could just say it every week, and then the, finally the week he does, we'll be like, "Well, we called it." I mean, yeah, we've been calling for years true. at that point, so that's that's what we can say. And eventually, we're just going to turn this into the Ricky opening line. We're just going to take away the, and I'm pretty sure I just used the word the. But anyway, it's going to be the Ricky opening line here with Whitson, Roz, and Rube at some point. But uh, sounds like we got Xander's picks, Rube. 
I want to go through your players and your picks because Wits is near the bottom when it comes to this pool. Who do you have on your team and who are you most confident about in your team? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a little bit weird picking in the last week because these guys, I mean, I like some of them, but they're not like my favorites, but you kind of are stuck with what you have at this point. But four guys that I have are Justin Rose, Matt Kuchar, John Rahm, and Hideki Matsuyama. I'm really high on two of these guys. Um, Kuchar, I really like here. I think he's a grinder. I think that's kind of what you need to do um, when the weather's going to be terrible all week. Um, then John Rahm, just because he, He's played really well recently. He just won, I believe, in Scotland or Ireland two weeks ago um, on a very similar golf course. So just based on recent form, um, I like him. Justin Rose, I kind of picked the other two. Kind of Alexander did, just the highest-ranked guy that I haven't taken yet. Rose, I don't love him. I don't think he's played very well this year. And Hideki, I don't think he's ever going to win anything. But he could be like a top 10, top 15 kind of guy. So... That's kind of where my logic went with my guys for the last tournament here. Wits, do you want to defend your guys at all, who your favorite or your least favorite is on your team? Um, yeah, well, I, you know, I really like my my third and fourth picks, looking at Tommy Fleetwood and Ricky Fowler. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is a guy who I remember when he was coming onto the scene a couple of years ago. I, I took him a couple times. He disappointed me. But I think he's a guy who is, is really talented, and I think he will definitely win a major at some point, I don't know if it's going to be the Open Championship, but I think he's going to play really well this week. And then Ricky, I mean, I figured I hadn't taken him all season. He will win a major, I think, eventually. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this week, but I like Ricky's game. And, you know, one of these times he's just going to wake up on Sunday and go shoot like six under, and it's going to happen for him. So those are two guys I'm looking at. And then, you know, Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson, solid, you know, high odds. Just took what was left on the list. I mean, I can't say that I have loved the format of uh, picking golfers this summer because after the second tournament, I was pretty much out of it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at right now, but I think this could be a special week for Ricky. I would love that, obviously. I'm I'm so far down the leaderboard myself, although more towards the middle of the pack, that I can't win the whole thing. I'd like to win one of the majors, recoup some of my money here. And that's why I'm going to tell you, everyone listening to the show, pull out a pen, pull out a pad of paper, because these four golfers are going to finish one, two, three, four with one another. Some might even tie for second here. We've got John Rahm, Justin Rose, Matt Kuchar, and Henrik Stenson. I know I'm sharing a lot of players with Wits and Rob here. I don't know why I call them Rob, Rube. But this team I just constructed is going to be the best team you've seen out there. Henrik Stenson finishing second behind Phil in 2016. He's ready for gold. We got Justin Rose, who was making a bit of an effort in the last major. He's going to put it all together, win this one. We got John Rahm, like you said, playing well overseas. He doesn't have to travel all the way to America, which I'm pretty sure he's living here. He's an ASU guy. Um, but he's going to win this one. And then Matt Kuchar, just a good guy to have on your team. This guy's going to bring them all together. He's got a good game going. Hasn't made a lot of noise this year. It's time he makes some noise across the pond. Matt Kuchar, my guy, maybe takes third place this week, but uh, definitely put some money in my pockets. I like that team, honestly. I feel confident with my team. This is going to be hard to watch. I mean, you say you like your team every week. Meanwhile, you're not even in the top half of the pool. So ragging on me for my picks, you're ranked 30th out of 54. So how you doing overall? Hey, I'm glad you went and checked on it. When was the last time you opened that Microsoft, that Microsoft pool? Hey, we're it working was, on it. I'm it still higher hard. than both of you guys. Well, congratulations. You're 30th instead of 49th right. out of 50. Well, first on the opening line is Roz, and then we got the two Joe Schmoes behind me. So I'm, I'm in a good place. Rube, 
Give us closing thoughts on the British Open, the last major of the year. It's weird that it's the last major. Usually you think of the players as the last one. Um, not even the players. The PGA Championship. My bad. Last major. Thoughts on the golf season as a whole. And we'll wrap the show up. Yeah. Well, a couple other quick quick guys to hit on for the Open Championship here. If I could pick any guy to win it, I think I'm going to go the boring route of still taking Brooks Koepka. Completely I think agree. He's still in ma- still in majors, he's far and away the best player, and I'm not going to pick against him until he shows me a reason to. Um, but a couple other guys to keep an eye on. I think Francesco Molinari, uh, the defending champ of the Open, I think has had a really good year, and I think he his game fits this type of golf course. Um, and then a sleeper down the way a little bit is Matt Wallace. He has had a really good year, played really well in major championships, and He's from England, which I think will help him. Um, hits the ball really long way. Um, has played well at the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. So if you're looking down the way a little bit at about 50 to 1, I want to say, I think Wallace would be a good guy to hit on here. Yeah, I mean, both yep. sound good to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm big on the Euro guys, but honestly, you know me. Where my money lies is where my heart lies. So my four guys have been the only guys I've been studying for the last three days since I've opened up the British Open talk. All right, Rube. So we're coming down to the end of golf season. It's been a really fun summer so far. Can you give us just your your main takeaways? I know we had Brooks win another one. We had Tiger uh, coming back full force. What have been your thoughts on this major season so far in 2019? Yeah, well, the first year of the new schedule with the last major being over and before even August, I think it's a little bit weird, but Mm-hmm. All in all, it was a great major season. Obviously, nothing really compares to Tiger winning the Masters. Probably one of the coolest sporting events that I've ever seen. Um, but then I think the other theme here is that Brooks Kepka is, like, I won't say he's becoming like Tiger because he's got to do it for more than two years to do that, but right. he is almost as scary as Tiger was in his prime for these last two years, finishing, I think, first, second, first, second in the last, or something like that, in the last four majors. Um, He's just been so dominant, and I think that's kind of the theme to see if he can get another one potentially in this last major and then how long this run continues for. But all in all, it's been a great golf season. Still got the FedEx Cup. Not everyone's super interested in that, but I think that'll be an exciting way to close it out. Then we've got the President's Cup which doesn't have the same excitement as the Ryder Cup, but still a nice team event to finish off the year. Yeah, we had the, the World Cup, President's Cup, a lot of cups going around. Um, but you heard it here from Rube. He's our golf expert, so we're going to have him on also during the football season. A lot of exciting stuff. Roz mentioned we are 50 days away from opening day in fantasy football. So, Roz, any parting thoughts for the weekend for the people? I'm just happy you guys listened this week. Duye was awesome the other day, and I'm glad you got our fantasy take. Golf's done. We had a bad run here at the opening line this year, but we'll come back better than ever. Just remember, I'm a two-time Masters winner in this pool, so next year I'll be back on top, and we'll see you next week. we got a guest, Wits, that I'll let you, I'll let you do the clothing, closing thoughts today. Yes, yeah, so we have a you know, very special guest coming on next week, Katie O'Brien. Katie um, is a part of the fitness industry, and she's uh, been doing a lot of great things, has a big following on Instagram, and she was also a Division One soccer player. 
in college. So we're going to have a, a great talk with her and she's going to give us, you know, a lot of her insights on, you know, sports in general and just the fitness industry. So real excited to have her on and we'll catch you next week, Tuesday interview interview will come out Wednesday. So have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. To believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.